What's up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 73. Today, I had Emily Sisson on the show right after she broke the half marathon American record by running 107.11. That's 67 minutes and 11 seconds for 13.1 miles. This is actually the third time she tried to go after this American record, and so really, third time is a charm for her. So we talked about the ups and downs. We talked about the journey. We talked about doing well on a race day even though the training block didn't really go as well as planned and we all have had one of those training blocks that just didn't happen the way we expected it to so there's a lot of gems here there's a lot of things that i'll be taking with me to my next training block and to my next run and to my next race for sure hopefully you can enjoy as well make sure that you mash that subscribe button and then also jump over to instagram and follow at the run eat sleep show do both of those things you'll be my favorite person in the whole wide world just don't tell anybody else check out this episode hope you enjoy hello emily how are you i'm good thanks thanks for having me on well good well i'm i'm super happy i had the chance to meet you in person so that's really cool and it kind of makes things a little easier because i'm always really nervous to have someone like on the show that's done a really you know great things so um how are you doing first of all how are you feeling? I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, I'm back. Um, I'm back home in Flagstaff. So mm-hmm. uh, we haven't been home for like three weeks. So it's actually just really oh, nice wow. sleeping in my own bed. So I'm enjoying it. So you, um, so like you just ran the was this that was last Saturday or Sunday? Mm-hmm. Sunday last Saturday. Last Saturday so yeah. do you get right back to like are you right back to to training right away or is how do you what do you do? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, yeah, pretty much right back into training. I took an easy day the day after the race, but. Yeah. Um, and I might push my workout like a day or two just to make sure um, my legs are feeling good. But my legs actually do feel pretty good. So, yep. um, so yeah, I kind of go by feel after a race and see how soon I need to work out or if I need to skip an evening run or something to help recover. Yeah, I mean, because I know, as I know, some people will take like, I mean, we're probably a little different than you, but uh, sometimes you'll see people like take like a week off after a half or like maybe two weeks after after a marathon. For your marathons, do you jump right back into it as well, like a couple of days or you give it like a longer stretch? The one marathon that I completed, I definitely needed more time to recover afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, but for me, actually, I just I get kind of stiff. So mm-hmm. I need to rest, but I also need to keep my body moving <laughs> because right. if I don't do that all, then I just like I don't know. My mobility isn't great. And, uh, and like, I walk around, like I'm probably 20 or 30 years older than I am. So. <laughs> I think, oh, Justin, I think that's all of us. I mean, I think some yeah, of us yeah. probably walk around after a marathon, like we're 70 years older than we are. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah trust me. It, <laughs> it's not just you. That's how I feel. Yeah. So I need to do like mobility stuff and I'll do some light running, but it's more just to keep my body moving. Um, mm-hmm. And it's less for like fitness or anything. It's more just to keep me from stiffening up too much. So like after like an effort like last Saturday or just any of your other longer races, I mean, do you feel like that, that does it take you a long time to kind of get back to feeling like, you know, fit again? Or does it at this point, are you just kind of like always fit ish? (laughs) There's always something going on. So I feel like there's always like peaks and valleys and bumps. Yeah. in the road but um no i actually feel pretty good coming out of the race um but yeah there are some races it just takes a little bit longer than others they did a 15k on the roads like a month and a half ago maybe and it was just really humid there and i'm training flagstaff arizona where it's just so dry yeah, yeah, and yeah. i like cramped up so bad during that race for like a week straight like running was just 
like painful. So oh, no. <laughs> my quads are just like seizing. Um, so like there are times it just takes a little bit longer. So you kind of yeah. have to go off feel and see yeah. how your body's doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't like to hear that you're like quads are seizing and races <laughs> or like, you know, stuff like that. But like, I am very glad to hear that you're, you may be human possibly. So that's good. To, <laughs> that's good to hear that you, that it's not just me that like goes through these like moments after races and things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah so you're not a robot okay no. well that's good so now for we sure. then we can know we'll know for sure that 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 time will be uh, ratified you know because you're not a robot you've tested <laughs> you're not a robot um but so i normally I start these shows off by going kind of a little, a little farther back you know like and just talk about like how running became a thing for you i mean i know you've been running for quite some time um but like when was running introduced to you um and when did you kind of start liking it was it like a right away thing or how did that progress for you yeah, I don't feel like my story is that unique. I feel like you hear this story a lot. I was a soccer player and I got into running through some of my teammates. We just mm. wanted to do track to stay fit for soccer. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I joined the track or I do track or cross country first. I think I did track and yeah. I just really enjoyed it. So um, I, I was pretty young at the time, though. I want to say I was like um, like 12, maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember really, really enjoying running and I actually asked, uh, I told my parents I wanted to quit soccer because I just wanted to focus on running. And yeah. they actually told me, they're like, we think you're too young to just focus on one sport. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, they're like, keep playing soccer, keep enjoying like doing stuff with your friends. And then if you like, when you get older, if you want to focus on just like one sport, then, then you can probably stop playing soccer, but just enjoy yeah. it. You're still so young. You don't need to take it seriously. And I'm actually so thankful that um, they said that back then. Uh, and when I entered high school and you had to pick one sport each season, then I did just track and cross country, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, pretty standard start in the sport, soccer player turned runner. So yeah, what, so, a lot. I mean, I've heard that before that people, um, have done, or some people have just done like one sport. Um, but most of the people that end up like, you know, that we all end up hearing about and knowing about, um, for sure is you hear a lot of people say that they played multiple sports, um, mm -hmm. you know, growing up and kind of had this uh, not balance per se, but just not everything, all eggs in one basket. Like what part of that r helped you? And what do you think was the reason why that was a good, good for you? Like in middle school? I think it's actually good for a number of reasons. Um, if you're thinking just about um, physiologically, it's good to do more than just running because you're just in one plane of motion the whole time. So it's good mm -hmm. to do sports like soccer, basketball, like anything really. Um, mm -hmm. just so you're like a well-rounded athlete. But then for me, I actually think it was more important socially because I was such a shy, introverted kid. And so I think, and we moved around a lot growing up. So it's how yeah. I make friends and it's how... Um, I don't know. I think it helped me develop socially. Yeah. <laughs> I think my parents are a little nervous if I just did running um, that I'd probably like be missing out on that. So yeah. uh, for me, it was actually I think more a social aspect. That, that's where all, all like all my friends were. We're on the soccer team. That's how I met people. Because yeah. um, it always took me time when we moved somewhere new to meet, um, like to make new friends. And right. my soccer teammates became my friends. So it was well, pretty good. Though. Yeah. yeah. That's good though, and then and then you don't get burned out either, you know. Like yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I think it's good, it gives, and it gives you good perspective. And yeah, I just think learning how to be a team player is really important too. Um, a lot of parallels in life uh, through sports, so yeah. yeah, a lot of benefits. So like, so once you once you got to high school and you and you decided or had to kind of like 
go for one thing, um, you know, one sport at a time, uh, which you see you chose cross country and track. Mm-hmm. What, um, like through your high school career, as you kind of developed as a runner, like what, what, what are some of like the key takeaways that, that you feel like still play a role in like who you are as a, as a runner now? Yeah, that's hard. I feel like there's so many takeaways. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to think of just like the best ones. Um, I think, I, like, I went to three different high schools. So I think when I, when I think back to high school, I think um, of how I had like six different coaches. I had a different coach every wow. cross country season. Oh, and track right. season. Yeah, yeah. So I had, I had to be very adaptable. And, um, and I was very conservative and patient because whenever I entered a new high school, each coach was like, this is my first time coaching you. Um, we're just going to be conservative so you can learn, um, you can learn <laughs> yeah. what works. Yeah, and I yeah. think uh, kind of bouncing around quite a bit, it did teach me how to be adaptable, patient, um, and yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like there's actually so many lessons in running. It's hard to just yeah a couple. But in high school, that's probably what I picked up the most. And then so you so you had a fairly successful you know I mean even though you're somewhat conservative, you, you did pretty well for yourself in high school. Um, so when you transitioned over to uh, to college or to the university level, um, what was like the biggest like shock to you once you got there? It was um, like going from, it was like being a small fish in a big pond, <laughs> like yeah. that, that, that saying. Uh, yeah, I felt like everything just got upped, intensity, mileage, everything. Um, and so learning how to do that and then adapt to living away from home for the first time and um, just being like holding yourself accountable to waking up on time, going to class, making sure you're fueling right, um, eating enough, uh, sleeping enough for how much you're training, um, things like that. Uh, but yeah, I'd say probably just the increase in mileage and intensity at first uh, was the biggest thing for me because I was very low mileage in high school. And um, and yeah, I did probably increase it a little too much too fast because I had, I remember iron, like low iron right away, which I yeah. think everyone hears. Yeah. Everyone goes to college and their iron levels drop. <laughs> yeah. So um, take your iron. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you, um, so like in, in college, I mean, say since you said, you know, the small fish in a big pond what you know if watching you run you know now and like specifically like in the olympic trials you know you are like a fighter you know out there when you run um and i mean you all have to be i mean it's not like there's i mean there's probably no one out there that's racing with you that isn't one but Mm -hmm. you know what what do you kind of what do you attribute like that that spirit to like was it um, you know, sometimes it could be, you know, some people, it's like something that happened when they were younger that they just said that never happened again, or like it was a parenting thing where they instilled like certain things in you that just resonate through, you know, through your life. Um, what, what's one of those things that you attribute like your, your, your toughness to in, when it's, when it comes to racing? Well, thank you. Um, I think I've always naturally been really like intrinsically motivated and very, mm-hmm. um, very competitive and working hard for me has never been um, an issue. The other, like the only, uh, I'm almost the opposite. There are times I probably need to dial back the intensity and relax and um, like a workout. Push when to pull back. Like from a training standpoint? Um, just, yeah, training probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or just in life in general, I feel like, because I am such, like I love to work and I love to push myself. But then there are times it's like to prevent burnout, I guess. You need to learn it's okay to take breaks it's okay to yeah. take a day off if you're feeling really tired um i'm actually really good at that it's something i feel like i used to not be great at when i was younger but if my body's telling me i need to skip an evening run or take a day off like i don't think twice about it now i'm just like okay whatever <laughs> like like yeah. I, need, I need uh for my longevity i need to look after myself um see so yeah, i think it's instilled in me i don't know just i think who i am but 
like you said, everyone at this level, like everyone's tough, everyone works hard. I, whenever I hear um, someone who wins the race being described as like, oh, they just work so hard. In my mind, I'm like, everyone works really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a prerequisite, prerequisite to even yeah. be in the conversation in a race because um, because I don't think like the person that finishes first worked harder than the first person that finished second or third. Right. I just think there's so many factors that go into um, performance and like working hard is just something like, I don't know, yeah, a prerequisite, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, unless you just woke up one day and it's super fast, you know. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> and um, but so like, and it, for someone, for someone like you to say like you just love, you know, love the work, um, and you know, like there's some people that are just like workhorses. They run high mileage and they just go, 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 and they're just pushing all the time. Um, but for you to also say that like you're you're okay with you know if you know if you're if you're not feeling it to take a day off, um and to like give yourself like that grace and i think that a lot of i'll talk about myself as an amateur runner i mean i feel like we have these goals and these prs that we're chasing and we see this like training plan in front of us and we want to make these big jumps or small jumps or whatever like in time and it just we push ourselves to the point where it's like you know we we run out of like we run out of runway you know what i mean and mm -hmm. we just burn ourselves out and we feel like we can't skip a day because then we'll all of a sudden lose all this fitness you know yeah. so can you talk about that though for someone at your level to say like hey if i don't feel well i'm just going to take a day off um i think that'd be reassuring for me and maybe some other people definitely it's hard um i think it is harder when you're younger but as i've gotten older um, I don't know. I, there's just something like I've, I think I've just had so many experiences now where like yeah. looking back, I had to take five days off at one point because I had a cold or something. And then I still ran a PR two weeks later. Mm -hmm. When you have enough experiences like that, you like kind of realize fitness doesn't go away. In, like, right, right. Yeah, not that fast. And, but, but I think um, it takes experiences like that. And like the more years you are in the sport, I think you kind of learn that and see that and realize that. And um, I've been running for so long now. Like I started when I was 12 that I really do think that's the key to not burning out and um, to longevity is keeping it fun, keeping it um, like if you are feeling really tired, it is okay to take a day off. Like you won't, it won't set you back at all. If anything, it's just going to freshen you up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just kind of like accepting that. I think so many of us are work workhorses, like you said. So uh, it is, it doesn't come natural, <laughs> naturally to a lot of us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think like, once I did accept that, I realized it actually benefits me. And I think it's going to give me a long career. The fact that I yeah. am okay taking breaks and I'm not afraid to take time off. Um, sometimes I need to take weeks off. And um, I just know that that's what my body needs and that's okay. Like I'll yeah. bounce back from worse. So yeah. I'll bounce back again. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's, I think I've heard someone say like about training is being honest with yourself, to, honest with yourself mm -hmm. as well. Um, I mean, cause you don't want to go like, oh, okay, I'm gonna take today off. Like you don't want to get yeah. to like where it's like, oh, I, I can spare a day, but it's one of those, like, you know, you have to be like, Hey, is this, is this a time when a day off is necessary? You know, like right. will this benefit me? Cause you know, if I have too much grace, you know, <laughs> I may, I may take too many days off. <laughs> That's a good point. I guess it depends who you're yeah, talking to, but like what advice, um, is, yeah, I guess it's helpful. If I was talking to my younger self, I'd be like, take the day off. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. then if I was talking to my younger self about something not running related, maybe I'd be like, I need to give myself um, just some encouragement to like work harder. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's funny how like we'll work, we'll work really hard when it comes to running, but some other areas, like, yeah, not so much. Yeah, maybe um, some of my extracurricular classes in college, I could have worked a little harder at those. But yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, it worked out for you. It worked out. Yeah. Um, so you um, you mentioned earlier too, like you know, uh, you know, trying to keep it fun, and mm-hmm. it, I think that that's fun to hear. You know, for this, I mean, this is your job. You know, like yes. so for you to like have keep it fun in there somewhere, like. Talk to me about that. Like, how do you go about doing that? And and why is it so important to, or for you and others though, as well, to try to throw some fun in the mix? I, I, I just think it's so important for longevity, like I said, and preventing burnout. And that's why I think um, my husband is actually such a crucial um, like support person in uh, in my team <laughs> because he's this very lighthearted, um, easygoing Irish man. But what I love about him is he does work hard. He like, when he needs to work hard, he works hard, but then he knows when like it's time to relax it's time to have like fun it's time to just um chill like i've always admired that in him and so having him at like my workouts or races he just keeps things so light and that's what i need because like i said earlier i bring me intensity i don't need need anyone amping me up anymore i need someone to kind of just remind me like hey it's just running like it's just like another day um Yeah, I don't know. So I think keeping it fun just it really does, I think, make you last in the sport. And also you want to enjoy it along the way. You don't want to look back and just say, oh, I was grinding, like working away so hard and I didn't enjoy any of it. Like that's um, so that's what we're trying to do. Even last night, we made a point. We're like, okay, we're going to go out and celebrate because um, because, yeah, we had an exciting weekend. Like, yeah, I think you did something to deserve a little celebration. (laughs) Yeah, I think just as runners, a lot of us, we're always like going towards the next thing, which is part of what makes us good. But it's also like you can have a whole career go by and you didn't stop and enjoy things along the way. So I have a question. So I've I've had the pleasure of like running a PR before and then like practically the same day. It's like, okay, so what's next? You know, Um, (laughs) yeah. How long? Just be honest here. How long did it take for that thought to come in after you literally? took the the half the american half marathon record how long did it take for that thought to come in and say on to the next one it's like you can read my mind this sounds terrible but it was like that day i was like i want to go faster really? <laughs> like right. serious. Um, but i was like yeah i think i can go i can go faster he's yeah. like he's like but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like a like a uh like dang i could have you just like i can yeah, it was like, I can. I'm like, I, I'm like, I already need to think about my next one. And I'm like, which one would I want to do to run another fast half? And he's like, just like, wait a day or two. <laughs> which one would it be? I don't know. I think I'd probably go back to Houston or some somewhere in Europe. Yeah, it's so, a fast. Yeah, it's a yeah fast. if I want a fast yeah. one. So um, yeah. we were actually debating going to Portugal instead of Indiana for the half. Uh, but I actually messed up something when I was renewing my passport and like oh, we hadn't idea. decided yet anyway, but it made the decision for us. So we're like, well, we'll do Indiana. Well, it's, it's, it is cool that you did it, you know, on, on American soil too. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That, that's what we were, we were actually leaning towards Indiana just because mm-hmm. it was in the U S and um, uh, like it was less travel. So that's um, yeah. less stressful, but then yeah. um, Midwest, like the weather is so, like, I grew up in the Midwest. I know what the weather can be like, and mm-hmm. it's just not very reliable. So no, we were like, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, um, the 25 K uh, championship is um, on Saturday. Yeah. What's and the weather looking like? It's going to be like six, 60 as the low and like 80 as the high possibly, but mm-hmm. maybe rain. The day before okay. or not, I don't know. So it 
it may work out well. Like if it rains before us, so like you know, the day before, it'll drop the temperature. A yeah, it would be too bad. Yeah. yeah, and it's in the morning too, so it's like you know, we'll see. Yeah, if you're starting early enough. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's so. Yeah. I think in Indiana it's close to 90 this week, which is like yeah, it's 80. Like, I'm in Michigan. It's 80 something right now. Yeah. So I'm like, if race was this week or this weather was oh, yeah. last week, like <laughs> so it was perfect. Everything happened exactly as it should, for sure. Right, right. <laughs> and then so yeah, so we'll look for you in Houston. Um, okay. And so let's like so let's talk about um, the so race racing. You know, what I mean that's what you do. Um, you're pretty good at it. Um, I I was happened to be on that panel with you for the you can thing, um, and you you kind of touched on the the 10,000 meter olympic trials uh win and so from my side of things watching you um you know the announcers are just saying like oh well she trains here and she's got you know she's ran the heat before um but it was all about like that you you did that you train like in, in the heat so you you'll be fine and this is why but then you said something on the panel that was like you didn't you had a couple issues with with running in the heat before like in mm -hmm. certain races before like recently like kind of recent before that and you had to tell yourself like that doesn't mean anything so it was like mm -hmm. two different narratives and I, when you said it, i was kind of shocked like oh like what i thought you know <laughs> what i well from our side we just knew you were you you were running in a in a in a in a you know in an inferno yeah. you know and you just were ready for <laughs> yeah, it so, like, <laughs> so but i thought that that was crucial because how how do you how did you position that for yourself to have had bad experiences with something as you know detrimental as heat can be um and then still take a positive mindset into a race that was going to be like just wildly hot yeah so i that's a good question um so in 2016 at the olympic trials i actually overheated and I, I passed out. I don't remember the finish. So um, I think I did finish, but I like don't remember it. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it, it was like hot that day, but actually not as hot as it was when we were racing mm -hmm. and um, it, as hot as we were racing this past year, I mean. Yeah. And um, I remember afterwards someone saying, oh, you must just be bad in the heat. And I was I actually challenged that narrative right away because I was like, no, I don't think that's it. I think I just raced above my fitness level. I think I wasn't listening to my body. I was injured all spring. I mm -hmm. just didn't have like the the strength and the fitness going into this race to um to pro I probably just raced above my fitness level. Yeah. And it would have been so easy for me to say, oh, I'm just bad in the heat. And then that yeah. was like the narrative in my head from like then on. Um, but then I, I didn't like accept that. I was like, no, I don't think that's true. <laughs> so, right, right, right. Um, but I hear people say that all the time. Like, oh, I'm bad in the heat. Oh, I'm bad in like these conditions. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm bad. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I do hear it a lot. So I think you do need to be careful with the stories you tell yourself because they might not necessarily be true, right. but it can affect like your, like your mindset going into a race. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I was right on that one. I think I just was racing about my fitness level. Um, and then this past year, I didn't do heat training going into the trials, but I did live in Phoenix for three years yeah. and I hadn't been in Phoenix like for the three months before, um, the Olympic trials, but I yeah. still like, I know that feeling of running in the heat. I've done it so much. So yeah. I probably did have an upper hand because I like, I kind of know where that red line is. I know what to right, expect, right. you know, how to prepare. <laughs> so right. it probably did help, <laughs> but I did have the fitness this time. So I wasn't racing above my fitness level <laughs> and so like if so if, you, if you're watching this and you haven't watched the the 2020 olympic trials 10,000 meter um that emily won you like you have to watch it because it was 
kind of it was kind of insane you know like <laughs> i'm like watching you like go around and around and i'm like and, and it wasn't like it, it wasn't close like you, you kind of <laughs> like you kind of like left everybody but and i mean it was really it was a tough day people were dropping out because of the heat which is understandable but like where was your do you remember like where your mind was like as you were just taking off these these laps and I mean, because you had to have noticed, you had to notice that everybody else was like going through it. Like, what was you, what was going through your mind when you were just closing out that race? A few things. I was trying to race within myself. I was trying not to like overstep and like just listen to my body. Um, I also, though, I wasn't looking at like the scoreboard. Like, I didn't want to see everyone behind me because mm -hmm. I knew I was like leading a bunch of people. So I only glanced at like the video on the scoreboard once throughout the race. It was like at halfway and I never looked at it again. Um, what did you I see? Just, what, did, what did you see halfway when you looked at that? I at saw that. everyone behind me just as long. They're still right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might have been not even halfway. It was before halfway. But I remember just seeing like this long line of runners and I was like, I don't want to look at that again. <laughs> so, uh, so I didn't. Uh, and I just focused on like the plan Ray gave me and um, just like making sure I was racing within myself, not like overreaching i wanted to make sure i had enough at the end so i could pick it up that last 2k like each lap pick it up mm -hmm. um so uh so that's what i did um i forgot was there another part to this question I forgot. no i just I, no i guess i just wanted to i because i'm really fascinated with like the mental toughness and like the oh, great yeah. aspect of like of running in general because we all you know have those moments where it's like we want a PR and a, you know, we want to yeah. break four or break five in a marathon or whatever. And we just like have to try to go somewhere a little different, you know, mm -hmm. than, than in the beginning of the race, you know? Um, but like the, it had to be a tough day, you know, even for you, you right. know, even though that you won and you won well. Um, just wondering mm -hmm. like what was like the, the thought process towards the end when it got tough. So I actually remember thinking a mile in when it, it felt hot on the track and I noticed it. I remember being like, oh, this feels hot. <laughs> this feels yeah. uncomfortable. And I was only a mile into the race at that point. But I told myself, I'm like, well, if you're feeling hot, everyone's feeling hot. <laughs> so yeah, cool. yeah. I was like, I think I did have confidence coming from Phoenix. I'm like, all right, yeah. like, I don't know. If you're feeling it, everyone's feeling it. <laughs> so, um, so I did tell myself that. And I do remember another thing I was thinking like as we were walking onto the track when I was really nervous because there was a lot on the line. Um, I had tried to make the Olympic team in the marathon uh, the year and a half prior to that. Yep. And I failed pretty bad. <laughs> like it was probably like my worst, the worst race of my career, I'd say. Um, in, Atlanta, in Atlanta? In Atlanta, yeah. yeah. And well, I was, was like- That was different too. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But, um, but I was actually pretty devastated after that. Like I really wanted to make that team. And um, I worked really hard for it. And so afterwards, I was definitely in a bit um, of a funk because I didn't even just not make it. I had a DNF. And uh, I remember because it was such a low after that race, like race went really poorly. Uh, we entered a pandemic. There were no other races to jump in to kind of get yeah, over yeah. the past one. Um, I remember walking onto the track at uh, the Olympic trials thinking like I felt like I had nothing to lose because I'd already like. I felt like I had hit rock bottom. So I was like, I was proud of like the effort I put into that buildup going into the track trials. I was proud of every, like, like, I don't know, every decision I made, I didn't regret a single one and there was right. nothing I would have done differently. And at the end of the day, all you can really focus on is the effort that you put forth and the attitude that you have. And I remember stepping on the track and I'm like, I like wouldn't have done a single thing differently. I, um, so now like, I'm just going to give it everything I have. Cause that's what I always do when I race. 
And if that ends in me making the team, that's amazing. And if not, well, I've been there before. (laughs) And I'll be able to sleep at night because, um, yeah, I put forth my best effort. So, yeah. Um, And so, like, just to, I don't want to, I mean, because it's it's obviously, it was a tough time um, in Atlanta, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Daily chorus, wildly windy. Um, I, Mm -hmm. I was there watching on the sides and, it was hard to watch because it was just like you couldn't even stand still because the wind was so was so strong. It was windy, yeah. yeah. And it was so about the hills. I think people forget about the wind, but that's a good point. Well, yeah, well, yeah, like that's like I know it was probably. I mean, I didn't see the rest of the course. I was like kind of like in one spot, like watching, yeah. you know, like everybody go, keep going by, but the wind was was really intense. Like it was, I, yeah. I raced the half the next day, the public's half marathon. And I was just praying that, like, if the wind is like this in the morning, I'm not even going to run because it was really ridiculous. Like, if you're not getting paid, you know, if you're not doing this professionally, then, you know, why would you do it? <laughs> but um, so, like, after after something like that, because so I, I just I, I raced, I ran Boston and I didn't have um, the, the experience that I wanted to for a couple of reasons. But, you know, after you you, you train for a marathon, you train for a thing and it doesn't happen, um, whether it's like terrible or it's just you're short you know by seconds or whatever it is like how do you get past like how, how did you get past that you know and you said you were in like a, a little bit of a low after um after the trials um the road trials how do you move forward with that I think it is a bit harder with the marathon versus any other distance or event because with a marathon you train like you put so much um, work into it. You train for months and if it doesn't go well, you can't just go do another one like a week later, yeah. like you would with yeah. like a 5k or even a 10k, you could find one in like a few weeks or a couple weeks mm-hmm. after. Um, but yeah, if you get food poisoning, injured, something like there's so many things, um, so many variables with the marathon that um, it is like, it is tough when you have a bad one because you can't just turn around and do another one right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the way I handled it and how I usually handle bad races and this was made harder in 2020 was I kind of just look towards the next thing. I'm like, all right, like it's part of the sport. It's part of the journey of good days and bad days. And you hope um, the bad days don't fall on the really important days, but yeah, yeah. it happens. Like everyone's human everyone, like it, it just happens. And especially right now, like with how deep American distance running is, um, I, it, it helps me to get over a bad race by kind of jumping into the next thing. But there was no next thing to jump into because all the races got canceled because of, yeah. of COVID. So, yeah, um, so I remember just feeling a bit lost at the time. And I've never felt that way in my career before after a bad race because usually I'm like, you all can, right, like you can feel sad for like, I give myself 48 hours. I'm like, it's okay to feel sad. You put a lot of work into it. Um, like you put your heart and soul into that right. and it didn't work out. But like, feel sad and then like pick yourself up and move on to the next thing because one of the like best things about our our sport is there's always something just around the corner um whether it's road races track cross country like there's literally something like constantly all day apart apart from in a pandemic so um so that was the one tough thing with 2020 was uh there was nothing to look forward to like my calendar was blank and i'm like well what am i doing so um and so that was like a little tough but then I did just, I'm trying to remember, I think I did set some goals like outside of like racing because there were no races. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this time and try to learn and invest and figure out what went wrong in Atlanta. What can I strengthen? What can I like take away? What can I take into my next marathon that I didn't know going to this this one? 
Um, and so I did things like that. And then as soon as races started popping up and I had something on the calendar, even if it was only like, if, even if it was like four months away, when I knew I was doing the Valencia half marathon, I was like, okay, I have something to look forward to. So um, I just targeted that. But for me, getting over the best way to get over a bad race is to just kind of um, to look forward to the next one and set up a new goal because there's always something. Yeah, I liked I liked it. I mean, you said a lot. I mean, because it's, it's always um, really cool. Like now that races are back going, and we even if it's a marathon, I mean, you really can, you know, be upset with yourself for a little bit, and then just set if you want to do another one, just set a, a one farther out, or say right. like, you know, forget it, I'll do a half or do something different for you mm -hmm. know for the time being. Um, but there's always like a new race and a new challenge. Or, um, but then also I like that you you know you took the time to say like, well. I can't race right away. So let me, let me go back and kind of um, you know, analyze what happened, you know, and I'm a firm believer of like control with control, the controllables. Right. You know? Yeah. You kind of said that a little bit earlier too. Like, you know, it's, a, you, you control what you put forth and the attitude that you, that you go into it with. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's like, I loved the fact that you're like, well, let me see what, let, let me see what I did wrong. And it's not necessarily saying like that you, that, marathon the training block was your fault you know or whatever but we have like some agency and like looking back to say okay maybe i could do more strength training or you know bike riding or ice bath i say ice bath because i absolutely like will not do it i can't i, don't do ice bath. <laughs> I, I just don't like the like I'm, i've tried it but i just don't like it you know i don't like them either and I, I for me i don't think i haven't noticed them help so well, i do have I, yeah, I definitely haven't known some help because I'm never in it long enough to, yeah. for it to help. But like, I just like, I know you're not supposed to like it, you know, like, it's not like a, you, 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 but I just really? don't, I can't stay in the water. I just can't no, do it. I, I don't do them either. So I, I'm doing Epsom salt bath. Well, you've just, you are, you are, an, you have enabled me to never do it. So thank <laughs> okay, you so good. much because I now have a, a record holder's permission to not ice bath. Thank you. All right. Um, good. Interview good. over. Interview over. It was a success. Thank you. Um, but you know, so I like the control the control the controllables part because, you know, even in, on race day, like there's only so much that you can control. Like you know, the the heat. Like you could have let the heat in that trials uh, race the ten thousand get to you, but you're like you you had the wherewithal to say, wait, slow down, think about it. Oh, other people are dealing with this too, you know, mm -hmm. because that thought, like a lot of times in marathons, like, or in races or in life in general, like we, we isolate ourselves as if everyone around us or other people aren't like going through the same thing. Right. That's actually know? such a good point. Yeah. Like you see your bumps in the road, you see your hiccups in training yeah. and you just think everyone else has perfect training and that's yeah. just not the case. Yeah. Well, Instagram looks really good though. Instagram, Instagram and Strava are like Instagram and Strava look really great. Like, so you think yeah. that every not in and as an amateur, I'm not racing against anybody. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, why do I care? But it's like, yeah, they're not. You know, they're not. They don't have a pain in their foot like I do, or whatever yeah, it yeah. is. Or I'm. You know, their their splits seem to be faster. Like, it doesn't even matter. But it's like we do have this thing where we decide. We we decide almost that it's just like we're the only ones going through it. So I loved that you were in a race. In a big race too, like because that when your that's when your mind could have taken over, but you're like, you know yeah. what, everybody's going through this, so just keep on going. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Going. Though you do think you you yeah you only see like the highlight reel on Instagram of everyone else, yeah. so yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Instagram's fun, but you know, like not looking at the wrong way. Yeah. Um, 
And then so like let's jump from that trials to the trials. And so now let's get to this this mission that you've had for a little bit. So I call it third times a charm. And I think yeah. maybe I might name the episode third times a charm because you were you went after this this half marathon record that you finally grabbed on Saturday. Um, you went after it two other times mm-hmm. and you ran when it was, I think it was 107.25 was the was the time set yeah. by who, who had Molly, right? Yeah, oh, Molly cool. we'll get to we'll, we'll get to her in a little bit. Okay. Um, so Molly, Molly Huddle had it at 107.25 and then you ran 107.30, five seconds shy mm-hmm. and then ran 107.26, yeah. which is like brutal. And then, because I'm sure you probably were like, you know what, that one time, that one, two, that two steps, I could have, could have got better. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> the things that went through my head after that, I was just like, if I just ran the tangents better, or there was a, a time I had to stop at a roundabout because I didn't know which exit to take. And the oh, that was, that was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That was it. And you were in the, you were in the lead? And no, I was, was alone. The- so oh, I, really? I was alone that whole race in Valencia. Yeah. And so I just, I, there was a big roundabout and I remember I couldn't tell which exit I was supposed to take. And I went like the most, like least direct way to the exit I was supposed to take. And I had oh, to like man. stop. And I remember thinking that after the race, I'm like, if I just wore sunglasses and I could have seen into the bright sun, which way I was supposed to go. Oh, it was man. a long plane ride back. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You was playing every step of the way. All, hun- <laughs> all, all one hour and seven minutes and 20, four seconds you were thinking about um and then so as in in between that time um uh sarah hall ran a little bit faster so i think she ran 107 15 so Mm -hmm. you you, what was your thought like just as a competitor like what was your thought when that when that time dropped a couple people asked me that they're like what do you think when sarah dropped the time and in my head i like i really was just like just not surprised. I think a lot of American distance runners are going to be running a lot faster in the half marathon. Um, and so I like saw that and I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. It should like, that's where the American record should be. And I think we're going to be running faster too. Um, and like, I actually wanted to run faster than I did in Indiana. And, um, I just think like they're just the state of, um, distance running in the U S right now. Like, I think a lot of people are going to be running faster and, mm-hmm. um, I think the record's going to keep dropping. So, um, so I'd like to drop it first, but, yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are going to be running under that. Um, That's awesome. and if I can't drop it first, I'll just chase whoever's time is next. So yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. Um, and so on Saturday you ran one Oh seven 11. So please describe to me or tell me how, uh, what that four seconds means to you? It means a lot. I was working really hard at the end of that race. So I wasn't sure. I knew it was going to be close against the record. And um, I try, like I tried so hard. I had um, a really good pacer, actually, uh, Brian Harvey. It was the first time I ever used a personal pacer in a race. And he helped like immensely, um, especially at the end. I was like really hurting. But we were able to close um, pretty quickly over the last like or at least faster than we had been running over the last like one K or one mile. Um, So yeah, I just remember trying so hard to get to that finish line as fast as I could, (laughs) but I was hurting like for half that race. I actually didn't feel that great. So, um, but then I like looking back on the race and I'm like, Oh, that's actually positive to see that I was hurting from like mile six on. And I was able to kind of keep pushing at the same pace and even finish faster. So when I run a marathon and I start hurting, I'm out like, 
20, I like have that confidence. I hopefully just keep grinding it out because I've done it before. <laughs> and and so like when you when you saw the clock and you know because I was I was like watching I paid for the that uh the subscription to like watch you run, um, <laughs> and we're, I'm like I'm we're looking at the the clock, looking at you coming to, coming closer to it. When you when you knew that you were gonna gonna break it, like I know you're probably at that point your mind's. Like, kind of going nuts because you've been running you know like all out pretty much for an hour and seven minutes or so um what were your thoughts like when you saw that time cross the line what were your first like couple thoughts my first thought initially i genuinely was just so tired so i my first thought was like i need to stop running <laughs> like, I, need to, I need to stop moving right now <laughs> um and then like it took like 30 like it took like a minute for it to kind of sink in uh because i was like i did have to dig really deep um, and then I was, it was like, uh, I was really happy. It was like a feeling, um, just cause I have been working hard, uh, for like three years to try, um, to get the record. So it was like, it was something I've been working for, for a while. So I think that made it more meaningful. Um, and now of course, like a few days later and I want to go after it again. So, <laughs> um, so typical runner. <laughs> so you, you're definitely feeling like you could, you could 106 something it. Yeah, that, that's what I'd like to do. Yeah. And I actually think a lot of American distance runners can do that. So yeah. if, I, if we had a few of us in a race, I actually think like it was so helpful having a pacer. Um, but when you have like other competition, it brings something out in you that um, it's hard yeah, to right. get otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And and so I'm like, if we could all just like pick a half marathon somewhere. I feel, <laughs> um, like, Houston, like, I feel like Houston will be it though. You know, like, yeah, I, mean, I think Houston, a lot of Americans do Houston. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it is dependent on the weather there, but I do think that brings something else out in you and yeah. that can like, I think carry, I think a lot of us, um, actually can do it. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's where the record will be heading. So, yeah. Awesome. awesome. And then, um, speaking, like speaking of the record, someone that had the, had the record before Sarah Hall, uh, Molly mm -hmm. Huddle. Um, so in, in 2020, I know you mentioned like, I mean, it's, it was a tough year for everybody and it feels like it's probably going to be like 2035 and we're still going to be talking about 2020, like with the effect yes. and all that. But I feel like, you know, 2020 was, uh, was a tough year for a lot of reasons, but I do feel like in the, in, in running, in the running community, um, it showed more people that we, we missed like running with each other and having, you know, training partners and people to push us and all that stuff. Cause I, I know that I trained you know, pretty solo you know, for for in the beginning of my like running journey. Um, but then after the pandemic, I'm like, well, I really I, I like people, you know, like yeah. um, so at least have a few people around that I can run with, you know, and, and after that that break, it felt like it was really important to, to run with people. How important has like my training with Molly over the years been for you as a as a friend, but as a competitor and all that? Yeah, I, she definitely, I don't think when I joined um, her group at the time, we realized our relationship would kind of be, she like would be my mentor and I'd be like the mentee. Um, but that is kind of how it panned out. And I am really thankful that she, because she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to like let me just observe how she handled things and how she carries herself and um, handles like setbacks and everything. Uh, but she did. She let me um, just kind of like tag along and learn from her. And I think like for me, the amount I learned from her is like, what's just so um, like, you can't put a price on it. It just, mm -hmm. it's impacted my career and how I um, carry myself and how I handle things. Because like Molly Huddle, she, I remember 
like before I really started training with her and knew her, I always thought she just like everything looks so easy for her mm-hmm. and um, and how she raised and how like I, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. Like I'm like, oh, she just ha- must have everything that goes like perfectly all the time because um, yeah, she just never has like a bad day. Uh, but then like training with her and just seeing how she like things don't go perfect all the time, but she always right. handled things really well. And so that to me was like the most important um, thing to learn and see and um yeah and how she invested in herself and her career and um yeah i think the amount i learned from her that's uh the biggest takeaway and um in 2020 we actually weren't together that much because she was in providence Mm. and i was in phoenix but um but it did i feel like 2020 make you appreciate having teammates and people to run with because it was a lonely time when you couldn't meet up with um friends to run or even for us like we used to go out to dinner with friends all the time and in 2020 we just like didn't do that and Uh, it definitely got lonely, but now, like, um, like we have family coming in tomorrow, and I feel like we went two years without seeing my husband's family, and so it makes you appreciate things so much more, like running with people, seeing family. Um, so that is a bit of a silver lining. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are some people out there that were like loved 2020 because they didn't have to see their <laughs> spouse's family. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, right. like as an introvert, people are like, "Oh, you must be handling, uh, like, I don't know, like the pandemic really well." And I'm like, yeah. oh, "I like, I like people." Like, <laughs> doesn't yeah. mean you don't like people. It just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to be, I want to be an introvert. Like, I'm an introvert by choice, not like yeah. because I, you know, like I don't want to be, like I don't want to not be able to, you know, at all. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like, yeah, I like I hanging want, out with my friends and family, and then I just yeah. need to, like, I don't know, like go take a nap after or something, you know, like, or, like go have some me time. Yeah, like, you know, I, I enjoy, like, you know, spinning people's text messages, like, oh, I can't make it, you know, because of this or whatever. <laughs> but, like, during the pandemic, I couldn't even lie. On, I couldn't even lie about it. Like, it's just like, oh, I got this thing. Like, no, you don't have a thing. You're not doing you don't anything, have a thing. you know? But, <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I want a choice. I want a choice if I'm going to be alone. Right <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, you know, you have the cool thing that like the Molly Huddle relationship is not like you didn't go like, yeah, these workouts that she used to do and these long runs or you didn't say anything about running really. Um, But it was all about like those intangibles, like those extra things that were like, you know, how she carried herself and how she uh, handled, you know, failures or setbacks. Um, And that, you know, that's, that says a lot because, you know, I think that we, always look towards like the performance aspect of things rather than like how we like go about the day-to-day business of like life and balance and all that like so how do you how do you like go about you know um balancing you know like your ambitions with like family but then also like failures with like getting better like how do you find that like happy mix to kind of move forward and is it something you kind of learn from watching molly too yeah that's the classic like outcome versus process i guess um like mindset uh it is i mean it can be tricky because um like especially in running like you're trying to make an olympic team like it's hard not to feel like it's pass fail because like it really does depend on that one day finishing in the top three like you make it or you don't like um like like that's i think still the trickiest is um learning how to handle that um but actually i talked to um th- this is related uh, i talked to yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna let you know this is related <laughs> i'm like i'm kind of going off topic but it, it relates um so uh, i talked to my a friend of mine from uh rhode island she's a sports site coach 
And one thing we talked about when I was struggling kind of with um, that outcome versus like process mindset was we talked, we worked together and we looked back on like my favorite races, the ones that went really well and the ones that I like enjoyed the most and they uh, and then the ones I didn't enjoy. <laughs> and we like found a lot of um, commonalities between them and we kind of broke it down and she, I'm trying to remember the, um, the phrasing she used, but when you go into a race and um, with this more like curious mindset where you're like, I'm just like really excited to see what I can do. I don't feel like I have anything to lose really. I'm just like, um, just excited for an opportunity. That's when I feel like I performed um, my best. Mm -hmm. And then when I went into other races where I'm like, I need to win this, I need to run yeah. this time. Um, if I don't, like I remember in college trying to win my first um, national title. I was like, I need to win this or else I'm like not going to get a good, like I'm not going to be able to get a sponsorship or something. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you have something to lose um, and it's more, um, it's more negative. Uh, I like wouldn't enjoy those races and I wouldn't like enjoy the process at all. And it was more stressful and more anxiety yeah. inducing. Um, and I'm trying to remember like the, like she had names for both of those ways of thinking, but I think like the main takeaway is like when you go into a race and you're less focused on um, like stressing over, it has to be this outcome and you're focused more on like, I'm just excited to see what I can do. This looks like a fun, oh, it's a challenge mindset. <laughs> it seems yeah. like a fun challenge. Yeah. Um, and like, you feel like you don't really have anything to lose. Yeah. Um, that's when like you get the best out of yourself and you're probably like a better like person to be around because you're less mm -hmm. stressed and you're less anxious. And, um, and yeah, and, like that's when you kind of grow. So I do try to remember that um, when I'm like taking on like a marathon buildup um, mm -hmm. to try to like have more of that like challenge versus threat mindset. Threat's the other one. <laughs> so, oh, challenge versus threat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That that definitely. Yeah. That definitely is on top. On top. I don't know. That it made any sense at all. No. But I swear yeah. it does in my head. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't at all. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> was, it was great. Like, <laughs> like the challenge versus uh th versus threat. I mean, because you you do like you build up all. In when I went to Boston, so like my whole thing for a couple of years was like getting to Boston and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. And then so I got there and then it's like you do have like it, I think I did approach it with like the threat mindset where it was like, you know, I got to do this. Like this is a thing I've been training for forever. Who cares if my knee is no good at the yeah. moment? Like I'm going to have to do this. You know, it's 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 all or nothing. And I'll yeah. be a failure if I don't finish in the time I want, you know. Yeah, it as has opposed, to happen on this day. Yeah. Yeah. And as opposed to like even even after the knee thing, I really could have looked at it a little differently. And who I mean, who knows like whether the knee would it probably would have flared up, it probably would have hurt, whatever, but I I would have maybe had a better experience in that moment still than like this this absolute suffer fest that I had, you know? So yeah, yeah and but even on a good day though, uh, when we do well, like I feel like given like Let's just say you run a PR of the same exact time and you have a challenge versus threat mindset on each side. I'd much rather like have a more positive attitude during that time frame, yeah. even if I finish at the same time. Because it's I much agree. more it's much yeah. more painful, you know, mentally and physically if you look at it the wrong way. No, I agree actually. Yeah. Then that's I I think the same way. Um yeah, I even like I'm like I use the example of trying to win my first NCAA title. I actually like I didn't enjoy that race that much because I was like, I have to win this. And it was yeah, almost yeah. a relief when I, it was over yeah. and looking back, I'm like, I didn't enjoy that one. But then like going into outdoors, um, outdoor track my senior year, 
um, I was like, I felt like again, okay, I have nothing to lose now. I'm just really excited. And I enjoyed like every second of that race. <laughs> so yeah. same outcome for both of them. But, um, but yeah, like, I don't know. You just want to like, I, I don't know for me, like the longevity again, you do want to make it like as fun as you can and just kind of minimize the stress when you can, because there are stressful parts of this job that like you said, are out of yeah. your control um, when it comes to running. So yeah, control what you can control your attitude and effort. And then, yeah. I don't know. The rest of the rest of fall where it is, yeah. Yep, and uh, yeah. And you can't control that either. You know, you just you just, just got to do what you can do. Um, yeah. but so like, do you do you think that? I mean, because I know you had COVID a couple months ago, right? Um, uh, yeah, six weeks ago. Yeah. Six, oh, geez, six weeks ago. I thought it was, it was, a I was talking to Carrie, and I I know it's six weeks because so I looked it up. It was six weeks ago Monday. Oh, yeah. All right. Wow. So, but like, so do you think like I feel like that might have helped you reframe this race to it from. To more of a challenge mindset too, because you I mean you you weren't trying to use it as like a as an excuse to not show up for the day, but you know it's obviously a factor of like I don't know what this right. you know how this is going to play out over this distance. Um, so was that a, a maybe a blessing in disguise somewhere to say like hey you know let's just go out here and do our best and figure it out. I it, so that's a tricky one. Uh, yeah. COVID did affect me more than I was hoping it would, yeah. and so I really like like you said, I actually didn't know where my fitness was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did kind of approach it like more challenge mindset. I remember thinking going into the race, um, I have not had a good <laughs> last six weeks of training or five weeks, um, and I have not put the work in that I wanted to put in. But I think it's still worth um, like giving it a shot because. The last like two weeks before that race, like two and a half weeks, I felt like I had turned a corner. And I remember thinking like um, training hasn't been going great. Like it's not perfect, but like, what's the worst that can happen? I go out there and I miss the record. <laughs> like I've already done that. So, and I'm like, I've done that. I've been there. I've handled it. So, I mean, I might as well. Like I was pretty fit before I got COVID. I know I'm not in the same shape as I was then, but like maybe I haven't lost that much. So, um so like yeah, it's, I thought it was worth giving it a shot because the worst that could happen is you don't get it, and like yeah. I've, I've done that before. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that it was kind of the like I don't have anything to lose. Um, but but yeah, no, it was I would have rather not gotten COVID. Yeah, right, right. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying like you're like, hey, anytime COVID, come back around, you know. I know. But, now yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I yeah, would have yeah. definitely rather not had it, but it's so yeah. contagious. Um, I don't know. There's only so much you can do. So kind of have to, yeah, do your best. But you did. Yeah. But it worked out again for you. So that's good that you, you know, that you didn't use that as like a, as a way to like maybe not give it your all that day. Yeah. And that is important to point out because I do, I have gone into races in the past where I've had really, really bad, like, like previous two weeks of training. Mm -hmm. And my rule is on the start line, like you don't think of anything that could hold you back. So whether it was like, oh, I just had COVID in the race, I'm not thinking about that. Like if it starts to creep into my head, I don't, it's batted away. So um, I've gone to races before where I had something at the Olympics, actually, my last two weeks of training, or yeah, I think it was two, two and a half weeks were just, um, I wasn't really running that much at all. But I'm like, you don't think about that. Like, you're com- for the next like 31 minutes for this 10k, you're just focused on competing, and then yep. afterwards you can think about it all you want. But, <laughs> but I mean, not during this race. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I, like I like to hear that type of thing though, because like we all deal with like something, you know that. I mean, sometimes you have a perfect training block, sure. Right. But like, there's so many times more than not, especially like for you know some of the you know amateur runners that, you know, 
just don't have all the things at our disposal to kind of make a training block go, you know, better maybe. Right. Um, yeah. So we, we, we get to these start lines with like, with doubt or like, with like, we just one thing that creeps in like, Oh yeah, you didn't make it to those last two long runs, you know? Um, yeah. So it's like, it, it, I like to hear that it does happen to you. You just have to figure out a way just like to, you know, bat it away, as you said. So that's yeah. Good. Just not think about it when you're racing. Yeah, I think that is really important. Um, yeah. Because no, like it's like it is rare to have a perfect buildup. Um, yeah. I almost always have something pop up, whether it's like illness or you no, know, I roll an ankle or something random. Like I don't know, <laughs> like in a buildup somewhere. So, um, so yeah, I try not to think about that at all when when I'm racing. Well, yeah, I'll make sure that when in something creeps up, I'll I'll think about I'll think about you like oh just get out of just get it out of here. Negative thoughts go away. Yeah, when you're racing, you can't have those negative thoughts creep. No. Like when it starts to creep in, just be like, nope, not now. <laughs> like, not now. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say like, what's the what's the thing? Not now. Okay, cool. It's just something um, like that. Yeah, just redirect your mind to something else. Find something positive, like that's genuinely positive. Not yeah. like um, I'm not someone that can just make up something. Like if I'm in a race and I'm hurting, I'm not gonna say to myself, oh, you're not hurting because like, oh yeah, that's, yeah no I'll way. be like, oh, your form's actually not like your form is good. You feel strong, or your your breathing is good, or just something that's um. Or like just get to the next like um like mile marker like this is probably probably just going through a rough patch something like that just try to find something in the situation that can kind of pull you uh like pull you along <laughs> and just keep keep the legs moving keep moving yeah <laughs> um, but so i wanted to kind of because there's something that we share um it which is i'll really i'll, I'll have it pop up here really quick for you and then you'll be like oh i get it so okay. we share this oh yeah there. so we share we both Oh, there we go. We both share share this little thing called you can or whatever. Um, so you can is pretty awesome. And I was just wondering too, like, so like how has you can and it was I use it a lot in the last training block, and um it was just like it was the first time I used it during training, and it just was absolutely amazing to kind of help yeah. me get through, whether it was like the energy powder or like the 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 um the you can edge or the even like the the protein plus energy thing um or the mix so what like what part did you can play in your in these last few builds up build-ups for you and just because like i want to see what the difference is because you obviously use other products before but how much is has that helped you in this build-up i started using you can um last fall so it's after the olympics um and they're the first products that have sat really well in my stomach um like every product i've tried so uh i my favorite ones are um well right now i'm drinking the hydrate um just because after the race i need all the electrolytes yeah um, and everything everything just sits so well so i love taking like the edge packets with me because um a lot of times you can't have a gel without water otherwise like you'll risk right. cramping up but like with you can with their edge that's not like an issue so um especially when it's hot in arizona like i might get to a workout and i have like an eight mile tempo and i'm like oh it's pretty warm i need something else and like i can just take one and i don't need to like worry about cramping or not sitting well um so the edge um the protein and energy powder for after workouts great because um that's where you make your big gains after a workout you want to make sure you're fueling and getting um like those protein uh, the protein carb um mix in as quickly as you can so they basically just helped me get like fuel into me better because I have a very sensitive stomach and um, and I've noticed my energy levels actually after having like the protein drink, um, like I just don't crash throughout the day like I used to. So, okay. um, so yeah. 
That, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I feel I, I feel the same way as well, too. I mean, because I, I thought it was really funny when uh, Emma Emma said that she was like, um, I didn't know. I didn't know that like gastrointestinal problems were like were not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, I didn't even know. I thought that was like came with the territory. But you just got to figure out what works for you, because I mean, this is the run, eat, sleep show, too, because I, I always want to mm-hmm. make sure that we talk about like the nutrition side of things, too, because it, it does matter. Like it does. You can't just eat what eat whatever or you know or not fuel yourself properly during a run or after a run or before a run and think that you know that you're going to get the best out of yourself and i just thought thought it was interesting to know like that after all the stuff you tried you can which is the sponsor of this episode you um it 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 did well with you and yeah it's not really well i've had stomach yeah i've always had a sense of the stomach so uh, as soon as i tried it they reached out um, in the fall and I was like, can I try some products and immediately just texted, um, my agent. I'm like, these are working really well. So. Yeah. Keep them. Yeah. It's a keeper. <laughs> um, so with that, I want to, I want to bring it to, uh, the giveaway really quickly so that we can end on a high note here. Cause, okay. um, so I want you, cause it was, what we're doing is we're giving away the, uh, or you can is sponsoring this episode, but they're also giving away a marathon training bundle. The marathon training bundle is 24 edge pouches, which is these. Um, then there's 12 energy powder packets that you mix up before the run and you take it, I think it's like 30, 40 minutes before the run. Uh, then the energy plus protein tub, which is kind of dope because sometimes after a run, like you want protein, but you want, like, you don't want to go to sleep after that either. Like you got to like live your life. Uh, so the energy helps out there. And then the hydrate jar, which is you had just then and a blender shaker bottle, which is the one that you held up as well, which is $200 worth of value. So this number that you pick is very important because, you know, they may not like you if you don't pick their number. So <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you to pick a number between one and 55. And okay. the number that you pick will be the person. So this um, is real. Okay. I've got, okay. Uh, 37. 37. This is old school. Like I'm like, I'm like on paper here. <laughs> Seven. Okay, so the winner of the uh, UCAN Marathon Training Bundle is I Run for McKenzie. Okay. And if I remember correctly, I Run for McKenzie, and her, her response to who she would train with it was, uh, I, I run by myself, but I run with my dog. <laughs> so I'm going to put who I wish I could train with. And she put somebody else's name so, or who she runs for. So uh, <laughs> she put, like, I think she runs for McKenzie. So I think she tagged McKenzie. So okay. um, I think that's a good win. You did a good job picking. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, but just to round this out, um, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to, you know, uh, kind of speak to the audience or anybody that you'd want to, um, to kind of leave them on a positive note as we bring this race to an end. Oh, I just hope um, everyone has a good run today if you haven't run yet and uh, enjoys the rest of their week. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Emily. Um, you inspired us in the you inspired the, the country, probably the world, uh last Saturday. So thank you so much for continuing that. You went after it third time's a charm and you and you absolutely crushed it in great style and great fashion. So we hope to see you again, maybe Houston. And uh yeah. we'll be rooting on rooting for you there as well. Thank you so much for everybody watching. Please remember to make sure that you run, eat, sleep, and repeat. Thank you so much, Emily. And thank you, you can, for sponsoring this episode. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I know I sure did enjoy having that conversation with Emily. I love that we talked about, you know, the ups and downs and just staying persistent, staying consistent, getting out there and giving it your all. Um, and then also figuring out, figuring out a way 
to make it happen on the race day instead of looking for that perfect day because sometimes that perfect day doesn't come or that perfect training block doesn't come. So there's a lot of gems here. Hopefully you took away as much as I did. I know for sure I took notes while I was talking to her and I know for sure I've been using some of those thoughts and some of those um, some of those gems on my runs and as soon as I get a chance to race again I will definitely be thinking about her at some point and trying to push through and grind it out so thank you so much for listening hopefully you enjoyed it share with a friend and make sure that you run eat sleep and repeat